Hello and welcome to the Behind the Player podcast brought to you by Survival Challenge. Today, my co-host is none other than Michael Albright. How are you doing, Michael? Pretty good. Just uh, dealing with the weather fluctuations in Ohio. So, Oh, <laughs> gotta love it. Any thunderstorms yet? Uh, only on Pokemon Go that are invalid. So no, we're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're good here. It was like 50 degrees last night and it's 90 degrees today. So we're bipolar. Sounds like the same weather I'm getting closer over here. to polar. So yeah. <laughs> hey, William, before we get started with, uh, Steven's retrospective, I'd like to give a, um, a memorial time for the second player from the DWSCSC family who uh, passed away way sooner than he should have. Uh, Dan Knoll, also from season one, a uh, huge, huge person in the survivor community. If you don't know, he's col- used to collect memorabilia from the show. He was at the first finale I went to for survivor China with he, his guest was somebody that played in the second season of survival challenge. So, and then for seasons, I believe, three through five, he took a bunch of stuff out to Maine, and that was the shop where people could buy bandanas and buffs and Survivor props. He would set up the cool display of, like, Richard Hatch and Kelly Wigglesworth's clothing, and then Fair Play and Sandra. So he was just a huge part of the community, a dear friend, one of the nicest people um, in reality and ever play the game. So uh, we just want to give a memorial. Uh, to Mr. Dan Knoll and all he did for not only the Survival Challenge community, uh, but the Survivor community. So thank you, Dan, and thank you to his family. Uh, thank you, Michael, for doing that. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yep, no problem. All right. Well, today our guest of honor is another Season 6 player, other than Steven. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Awesome. It's great to have you on. Well, let's start right from the beginning. How did you find out about Survival Challenge? I've been trying to actually remember about how exactly I found out about it. Um, I think it's because I discovered Survivor Maryland. And I watched Survivor Maryland. I remember thinking like, oh man, like this is crazy. I wish my college had done something like this. Um, I wish that we had done a Survivor thing. And I think from there... I somehow stumbled upon to season three of the survival challenge, the Dr. Jill season. And I watched that. and was just kind of amazed. Like, Oh my gosh, you can do this. Like not like on a college campus. Like there's actually people who do week long games. And that's how I kind of discovered the whole LRG thing. And I watched that some survivor Canada and one or two others. And I ended up applying to survive the survive the Durham warrior survival challenge in 2017. And that's the one that uh, Austin was on, who is the person who ran Survivor Maryland. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll have him on here soon enough. It'll be great to have his take. Um, but yeah, so we've had a lot of people like hear from, I think the most popular people that we've heard from is Ryan, um, uh, Adam, Klein. Um, definitely heard a few from just in general, online and Reddit kind of thing. Uh, so it's always interesting to see where people are coming from as far as their demographics go. Um, yeah, because once I learned about it, because I didn't know, I learned about it and then I, I 
Yeah, it was definitely for the because I applied for the 2017, didn't get in, but I watched all the live streams for the season of Bethany one. Yeah, and those um, episodes are uh, finally coming out now. Um, <laughs> that's on me. Yeah, um, finally. <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> but hey, at, at least we have that coming out consistently now, um, and it'll be over all too soon because it's it's kind of nice having survival challenge content to watch every week not gonna lie it's gonna be i'm just already getting like it was like watching season 40 of survivor it's like oh i love this it's just sad to know that eventually we're gonna not have this to look forward to every week so well there's definitely some withdrawal right because the cbs survivor is on hold i I believe all the other live reality games that i know of are probably on hold as well this summer because of covid19 so think we have to enjoy the content coming up from last year and maybe it gives uh the content producer such as yourself a chance to catch up it certainly has <laughs> but um speaking of you know past content what other uh, things did you watch whether it be survivor or survival challenge slash storm warriors that you used to prepare and any other measures that you used to prepare yourself for your season what didn't i watch um so i watched season 2017 uh, bethany's season i watched i believe it's season three or four the dr jill season uh, three that was season three yeah so because i had that had the full start to finish season aired on youtube put together really well and i gave you that gave me a really good sense of just the quick pace and nature of the game um and just how brutal it can be just how from how short it is i watched i think at that time there have been one or two episodes of season four up I watched that as well. Uh, Ryan Kaiser, the the winner of season four, had has an amazing. See, I, I know what season is up. Has an amazing blog online where he kind of goes day by day, really thoroughly his game, and it's a, re- a really fascinating read. And I recommend it to anyone who wants to play because it gives a great insight to a winner and their mindset and their process through the game. Um, there is also another podcast. Um, David and Duane, um, D&D podcast, mm-hmm. uh, they went on hiatus for a while in 2018, but they had done some pretty fantastic post-game coverage of the Survival Challenge as well. Uh, interviews with the winners, as well from, to the pre-jury, as well as interviews with, with John and production about the game. And so I listened to all of those. Um, yeah, so I, I think I consumed as much as possible <laughs> uh, Survival Challenge media that was online prior to the game. Um, I tried making fire in my backyard. It didn't work out very well. <laughs> I, I, to this day, I've still never made a fire solely with flint and steel. And like, I, I gave it like thirty minutes in the backyard with a knife and a and a flint that was in my brother's room for some reason. And all I got was sparks. And I was just kind of struggling to say, "Well, I hope I just never have to make fire in the real thing." Well, one thing that people don't realize that makes it a little bit harder, actually, than real Survivor is that I've noticed in Survivor, they give you like a machete to work with. But with uh, Survival Challenge, you get to work with a little piece of steel that they give you that comes with the uh, flint. Like if you bought it from the store or how you would pack it in an actual real life survival situation. Because let's be honest, if you're hiking or something and you have the foresight to pack a flint for some reason in case of a dire situation, you're not going to have a machete with you as also. You're probably also going to be dealing with that little piece of uh, metal to start the fire. So, I think I only held the flints once in the, in my survival challenge game. I messed a little bit, then handed it to Army Adam, who then got the fire going. And that, that, that was it for my 
for, for me needing to make fire. I mean, for the most, for the first half of my game, we didn't even have a flint, so it wasn't much of a concern whatsoever, or it was raining, so there's no way you're getting a fire going anyhow. We're a little anxious with teenagers in the woods with a machete. We'll think, we think Jason Voorhees could come out of the lake, so we're, well, we're trying to know, not have that happen. When I played Surviving Real Foot last summer, we had a player, because the first night it stormed on us, the player cut his hand deep enough with the machete. He went to the ER, got oh, stitches, my word. and came back into the game and kept playing. So I could definitely see why there's some fear about giving sharp objects to starving people in the forest. Well, um, did you do any like physical training? Like, Did you try working out more? Did you try... Um doing some similar like endurance type challenges or anything like that i mean i i, I run for exercise so i was running <laughs> that was kind of honestly it. underrated <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't go to the gym so i was i had done some races i'd done a spartan race a little a little while beforehand got kind of massacred in the spartan race but that's that, that's normal for me um but no other than that i didn't do anything crazy out there for physical training um I, a lot of the survivor endurance challenges like we, so we had that disc challenge where you hold a disc in the, like the palm of your hand in the air against another player who has the, who has the disc and i didn't do it but like how, how do you prepare for that challenge you just like nonchalantly study at home reading a book one hand to the wall for like an hour i, I don't know what you can do for that that's tough yeah i'm not yeah, sure that's something you, you definitely need Sorry, say that again, Michael. I would be tough to train for. I don't know how aspiring players could could train for that. Just stick your hand on the wall for forty minutes and see how you do. Well, I mean, we just had Evan on, and I don't know how you would have trained for a hanging tree puzzle, but he figured that out. So I'm sure someone's bound to crack the code on that sooner or later. Well, see, like, it, I guess you can go full American Ninja Warrior, where like the super serious competitors in that have essentially recreated everything in like their garage or somewhere. They have all the equipment they practice on. So imagine if like you are the diehard Survivor super fan, like you just have that somewhere. You like it's like and, and here's the when it rains it pours challenge in my backyard for me to practice on. It's it's like oh wow. <laughs> Michael, from a casting standpoint, what was your first thoughts on Steven? Um to be perfectly honest, dude, I I wasn't digging Steve just because I was I was supporting other folks in the casting process. But once he was out there, I, I liked him. I liked the bio. He was in a. I think your demographic was a little a little. Are you a little older than our demographic? It's that eighteen to twenty five guys. How old were you in twenty? Yeah, so I was twenty five that yeah. year. And so when I when I got that first email, so let me back up. When I played in twenty seventeen, yeah. I got the rejection email, and it said, "Hey, you know, like." You know, thank you for applying, but if you're like male, 18 to 25, you were like, let's say one third of our applicant pool. And I was like, well, I, I, I guess I'm a little generic, right? I guess there's a lot of people like me who want to play, so I could understand. So when I, when like we got that initial email and for the 2018 season says, hey, thanks for applying, uh, and it kind of gave a sense that that was a heavy demographic as well. I, I wasn't, I wasn't holding my breath. I was like, this is, uh, it was really a shot in the dark. And I was like, it would be awesome if I got on. If I don't get in, well, I think I know what my problem is. That was the trick. And to just, uh, you know, just with anything, you connect with people differently when you're watching the volume of, of videos we watch. But then I think your job's similar to John's. And I was like, well, I like that pitch because a, a lot of the casting kind of 
it comes down to personality, but it, it literally does come down to numbers. We kind of, you know, assess where people are from and how old they are and how old the other gender is and within their gender. Um, and I think in factor that was possibly going to play into when he actually made it was we added the question that was going to be for this year since we've had to postpone, but it was what other games have you played? Cause we're just trying to make sure the last thing the DWSC or SC wants is pre-existing relationships. That's like plagues, the live community, the org community. We want a fresh, like you just met these people and you're building your, your game around this experience, not two years ago in mm-hmm. game X we played together or in game Y. So I think the big factor was you, because you and someone else had, had played and had you played on site or you played together in another live game? You and, uh, shoot, I'm usually better with this, but I'm a little, my brain's so, kind of, Adam B, had you and Adam B been in the same vicinity prior? No. Um, okay. Or Austin, or I know there was some kind of connections that we were trying yeah, to. so when I applied in 2017 and didn't get in, I got actually a follow-up email saying, hey, we saw that, We thank you for applying, but there's actually this other game that's happening and make him Illinois that we think you might be interested in called Pirate Survival um, Expedition. Okay. Uh, and, and you should apply for that. And so I was like, okay. And it was a blood versus water game. So I wrote my best friend into applying with me and we got casted. And that, and that was in Jordan Ian's property. And okay. So I, so I played there last summer uh, for a seven day long game. And so that, so, and that's, I lost to Austin um, from the most previous season in that game. I think we were aware of that, and I don't know if it maybe then I think Austin had a connection with maybe Adam B, in a, some other other entity of something. The Co- yeah, Co- um, Coca, I, Adam Coca B. Pecky, or yeah, yeah. Well, Adam Bradford and Austin, I think, know, knew each other or have some connection to each other from Surviving Real Foot because they're both alumni there. Oh, maybe that. Sorry, and when it started running together, I'm forty point five. I can't keep track anymore like I used to. This is a bit of an incestuous community, for better or worse, and that's one of the reasons why I've loved the survival challenge because it it's it works so hard to circumvent all those connections. We are adamant about that. Now there is a specific question to be like, "Yo, list every game you've like major game you've been in," not like a, you know. 24 48 hour mini but we're, we're very conscious of that but no once i got to know you better and you were i was you know digging you know i like the cut of your jib and just that initial thing <laughs> when you're watching that many videos it's just like i like you know this person this person this person you were just right on my other you know my category two people mm-hmm. but then once you were there i i was digging who you are and what you're about so and it was nice on the demographic you're you were and i don't know if you still are weren't you los angeles or in the vicinity of that yeah so i played the 2018 survival challenge at a big change in my life okay um, so in this right so i moved from los angeles to college station texas as soon as the game ended and began my phd in accounting at texas a&m university so the so survival challenge 2018 for me will always be this big transition point and for me it was like i don't know it was just this big cut off my life i'm i'm moving away from los angeles i'm no longer by family or at least my immediate family i am setting out to do this phd that i have no idea what what to expect from it and so it was it was kind of this crazy point in my life um i was trying (laughs) i 
was trying to get my car shipped from Los Angeles to Dallas, Texas. And it wasn't until like, uh, like 30 minutes before the game began, I finally got that finalized. I'm sitting in a coffee shop in Maycomb, like trying to get this whole thing arranged. Like I'm running out of time. I need to get my car shipped because I'm about to have no cell phone for, for, for three to five days. <laughs> it's interesting what folks are doing right before the last season seven, there was everybody was at Wendy's and you're dealing with that in season six. So it's interesting. Um, I actually, I knew no, so I ran into Dion actually right before the game began. Oh, because, cool. Uh, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So I'm sitting in a coffee shop, um, at this, like trying to get my car shipped and everything. At one point I'm talking to my dad and I'm, and I, I must've been talking about, yeah, I'm going to be sleeping outside or like the whole day I'm checking the weather all the time because it's looking like it's going to be terrible and just so much rain. At one point, it's just pouring rain. I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is going to be awful. And Dion's in the coffee shop and he turns to us like, hey, you know, like, I didn't want to say it, but I heard you talk to your dad. Are you going to play in the survival challenge? I'm like, yeah, I am. And we, and we both end up talking for like, I don't know, an hour or so, um, just because we both, what we were to do, we're killing time until the game began because we didn't know what to do and make them. And, you know, it wasn't we didn't like to strike up like, oh, you know, like us two together. Let's let's roll this game. But it was kind of more of like, hey, it's awesome to meet you. This is great. Come be if we're in the chance same tribe. Maybe we'll see what happens. Um, but that 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 and nothing ever came to it because I was never on a tribe with them because uh, I I went out fast and fast and hard. But it was it was a really cool experience to get to meet him, and I'm glad I did because he's one of the he's one of the friends I've taken away from this game. That's crazy with the, the and I'm not gonna say pre-gaming because it didn't like come to fruition. But I guess the hypothetical question is if either of you had power to pick, or they're on the swap, like to to determine that. Do you think you would that have been a, a factor to try to connect since you had had this hour conversation with him that you hadn't had with the other editors? I'm just curious because I love hypotheticals. You know, I definitely think it would have. One of the things I <laughs> I've. Uh, I've thought a lot of hypotheticals about this game. I think, I, I feel like when you play, and I'm sure Will can attest to this, be it win or lose, your mind is always filled with hypotheticals of what could I have done differently that would change the outcome of the game that would lead to me either winning or surviving this, tri surviving this tribal council, or how would just things have changed? Like, what is the domino effect that would occur? And I would like to think that had I survived Tocho 2.0 and made it to whatever the Tocho 3.0 would have been, and I ended up on Dion's tribe, it, I, would I have rolled with just the, my, the Tocho alliance? Would I have, like, jumped ship and tried to do something, cause some chaos? I, I don't know what I would have done. Just curious. Yeah, that is a very natural that. part of... Oops, sorry. I was going to say, yes, you are right. I, I know that feeling, and it's a very natural feeling. We still have we still have Andy from Season 2 talking about the what-ifs. It, it's yeah. a non-stop thing. When I played my first game and I lost um, at the in, in the final travel to Austin, it it was it, it was really hard for me, and it, it took me about a good month to really process and understand it, and really start being able to move on from it. It, it, it I think you know like it, it's good, it's fun to what if and talk about it. I mean, we've, I've had plenty of Facebook threads with the other members of. of Tocho 2.0 kind of talking like what if this had happened like how would your minds have changed but it's and it can be a healing process but it also it can be really it can be a little destructive sometimes 
was there a factor with the, the the location change? I know it was it's it was new for everyone. So, but from what you had watched, were you worried about it being in this totally this new site from what you had initially applied for the first time? And I mean, our well, transition was, was big for all of us, and I can't even imagine as a as a player being somewhat aware of uh, Durham versus Macomb. So. Well, I mean, I had an advantage because I'd actually played in the exact same place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that it property and area really well. Um, in fact, like that Toto tribe site was the, was the tribe site I stayed at for like five days. <laughs> the pre. Wow. The okay. So you knew where all the. Okay. Um, I don't know where things were hid at all, <laughs> but I was, but I I was like I was pretty comfortable with it. In fact, one of the things I was really sad about was the previous summer, um, the farm there was growing corn and granted it was like feed corn but it was still corn and I, I don't know whether we were really allowed to or not but we definitely raided the corn fields and ate corn and so i was really sad to see that it moved it, they'd rotated to soy and i was like and the soy was barely grown at all i was like yeah there, there there's not there's no free food this time for us we'll have to put cotton or indigo or tobacco out <laughs> next time to to stop you players from eating the the harvest <laughs> Um, one last thing before we, we get right into the thick of things, uh, bringing it back to the, the audition is that for people who do find themselves in that very high demographic for males, um, you know, between 18 and 25, um, like Michael said, personality is a huge, huge factor. And one thing that people don't realize about recording themselves and uh, making a tape is that. Um, and I can say this as an experience, uh, as someone who does video is that when you're recording an interview or recording a tape for anything, your energy level is taken down about half on the camera. You can be talking just normally like we are right now, but if you were to record this as a video and you watch it on say like YouTube, it's just going to sound very unenergetic and you basically have to go more energetic than you think you have to for the recording, or it's just not going to come off at all. And you're not going to seem excited and you're not going to seem like uh, you're a personality, even like in a case like Steven, obviously was always a fantastic choice, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but those exactly. first impressions are everything. And you have to really um, go more than you think for making your video. And the video is the most important part of your application. Uh, Michael, if you could back me up on that. Well, it, is, it definitely is for me. Um, I'm a visual person. I, I want our show to replicate uh, the real, quote-unquote, real show as much as possible. I'm the one that advocated for video component in the interview. So for me, it's huge. And, and like William's saying, be yourself. Um, don't not be yourself. And, and But be a heightened version of yourself. Whatever you're into, be doing that right before you do it. Don't like do the dishes, mow the yard, take out the trash, and then film your video, unless that's what you really get get you jazzed up. Um, and if it says do a three-minute video, do a three-minute video. If it says two, do two. Don't do 25 seconds, and don't do four minutes that are super boring. You know, you know some videos are great with you just sitting there in a chair. Some videos are great with a lot of quick cuts. Like, you know you, um, present present who, who you are, because... We watch a lot of them, so if if you're not interesting and exciting like CBS does, I watch every second of the videos. But um, it's like Homer Simpson sometimes when you see like when they go to his brain and it's some 1920s cartoon. I'm trying to actively listen to every second of what's happening. But if you're boring and monotonous, I will let the video play. But my brain's 
I don't know where. So yeah, that wasn't Steven's video by any means. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely poured my life and soul into the essay component because I'm an English major, and then I just sat down at my computer and hit record. And I had a, I promise, I had a whole script and like mapped out what I was gonna say, but I definitely just did one take go for the video component. <laughs> and, so. and and that part's good too. We like that's that's a part of it for me too. Now we've had people write like a paragraph and. There's people who at the time, Katie Bricado, David Holdsworth, six and seven pages. When I'm editing the production stuff together to the casting people, I'm trying to compress almost 100 applicants into one working document. So, I mean, write enough so we know about you, but you don't need seven pages. Like, I don't need your <laughs> dissertation about you. So. I'll slip my CV in at the bottom of it. Like... Yeah, your Vita. Yeah, we need. I need to know... Your past 15 jobs. Like, eh, no. Huh? Talk about you and why you want to do this. That's all we need to know. So. All right. And with that, let's go right into the thick of things. You're showing up to Macomb once again to play Survival Challenge this time. What are what is your first reactions to people you see coming in? Was there any interesting stories as you're coming into that and your check-in process? So during the check-in process, I'm on the left side of the house. Uh, so it's the Red Tribe Apizi, I want to say, and my tribe, the Blue Tribe, checking in. And so we can kind of see each other. Uh, I'm trying to keep an eye out and trying to say who really who are the do I recognize the survivor players, right? Do I know who they are? Because that's such an iconic feature. And I see Dr. Jill, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Dr. Jill's playing. And I've seen her season. So you, you know, like the little alarm bells are ringing, like, oh wow, that's awesome. I'm excited, but it's Dr. Jill. Need, I need to, need to really watch out for her. And um, I don't really remember anything much about my tribe as they're checking in. Uh, except that Laura was really late. <laughs> and so, like, we're the last one. We're waiting on her. She rolls up. She's like, I'm so sorry. And, like, because, because like, but that was the only takeaways. I didn't really have much of an impression of the people. I mean, I noticed, <laughs> okay, this is funny. Uh, we, so you can bring one blanket to the survival challenge. And I wanted a waterproof blanket or something some, somewhat waterproof. And so I went to the place you always go for blankets, Walmart's. And Walmart has one uh, blanket that's so half waterproof, half not waterproof. And I was like, this is it. This is my blanket. Um, Katie, uh, who was on my tribe, also brought, bought the exact same blanket from Walmart. So we kind of had that connection going. It's like, hey, you have good taste. <laughs> that old and Walmart honestly, blanket, that blanket alliance. to be useful considering, like, I, no one wanted to lay in the mud. Now, an important production note here. Because of the people that figured out, oh yeah, waterproof blankets would be pretty great. As of season seven, that is no longer allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's something that I noticed uh, um, when applying is, because I'm looking to get any uh, legal, I shouldn't say legal, any permitted uh, edge as I'm preparing yeah, you, for my you season. Push every loophole when it comes to the requirements, because it's going to be miserable out there. And so you mm -hmm. want to do every little thing you can within the rules because you don't want to get kicked out to make your life a little better. And if people didn't understand it before, they can now, thanks to your season and crew, can now understand how important um, your comfort is to the game, which is something you probably wouldn't even consider 
and you're expecting to rough it and you're expecting to be uncomfortable. And it's not about being comfortable per se. It's about being as comfortable as possible. Because if you're not prepared properly, for instance, these people drive me crazy. The people who bring jeans as their main <laughs> like leg wear, you are, you are going to wear them day one and never wear them again. Or you're going to wear them for the rest of the weekend and have a really bad time. You need to really prepare to um, about how how much like being uncomfortable can screw with your mind and just um, when the social game is so important, you have to be as sharp as possible because you're going to be beaten down mentally and physically. And those little actions of just having clothes that dry a little bit faster or clothes that don't dry you crazy or scratch or stuff like that, that goes far in the long term of things, even though it's only five days. Yeah, I've played four games. Two of them had sleeping bags, and my gosh, sleeping bags make such a world of difference. <laughs> Actually being able to sleep at night and not waking up freezing is so glorious. And yeah, the Survival Challenge is a no-sleeping-bag game, and therefore sleeping is a little bit tougher. Now, um, going on from that, was there any particular people who stood out to you um, from your initial check-in and stuff? Um, I mean, from my tribe, from the red tribe, I mean, you have Jack over there, like, he's, he's, he's gonna hate this, he reminds me a lot of my youngest brother, um, who's, uh, who's close, who's close to him in age, who's, like, my, who, who's also the same height as both of us, my youngest brother is, like, six foot five, so that's something that kind, that kind of stood out to me, um, of, of the people, um, I, I always feel really stupid that I've, Greg, um, on my tribe, who is the host of, who was the host for seasons one and two of Ohio State, um, Time and Change, their Survivor game. I actually watched that entire first season, and I totally did not recognize him <laughs> as the host until he like kind of sheepishly admitted it to all of us later on, um, in, in, in that in, in that first tape. So I didn't get, honestly, it's. I didn't really get much of a first impression when we were just standing there um, waiting for things to happen. Um, in the game as a whole, was there any people that you had connections to? Like people I knew before the game? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, outside of Dion, the hour before? No, this was, this was, this was beautiful in that, that like, I had no connection with anyone, and I felt pretty... I felt... Well, I know it's not 100% the case. Like, there's some slight connections. Like, I don't know, um, Adam Kennedy had met, had played with Dion in an online game and just silly stuff like that. For the most part, this felt like as pure as it gets regarding connections. And I, ha I, I had nothing, at least. Awesome. Well, um, going into your first challenge, you know, you have John announcing everything as this huge storm is coming and you're all surrounded around this big lake all fighting for the same objects in the middle of the raft uh what was your strategy like going into this first challenge so i guess one thing i've learned is that i i went first the, the, i volunteered to go first because i felt comfortable enough swimming and i was fast enough swimming to go and get a tarp that's the only thing i cared about is like we need a tarp it's gonna rain it has been raining it the storm is rolling in on us and we need something tonight so that was my only goal i didn't really care what else we got as long as we got a tarp and i grabbed a tarp so i was very happy with, happy with that 
Uh, I know yeah, was, and I know unfortunately was, for a oh, go I ahead. Know there was like those two jars of some sense, but I had I had no desire to grab them. First of all, I went first, therefore I was like, if I don't get a tarp, my tribe's gonna be understandably upset with me. Uh, yeah. Maybe if I got a pot, they'd be they they would have understood that I didn't. Um, and you know, well, I mean, one tribe tried that out and um, <laughs> didn't seem very understanding. Yes, the beautiful Toto tribe and Bree somehow grabbed a pot, allowing the red tribe peasy the nab two tarps, which I wish we were able to get that second tarp instead. But um, you know, it's you kind of like with the mentality of how I wanted to approach the game is that I, at least from the game I played before, I feel like I naturally like to play a more lower key under the radar game. At least that's how I wanted to go earlier. So I, I had no desire to grab the little bottle and like and and like kind of raise a flag, say, "Hey, y'all, I want a big, I want to be a big player." I had no desire to do that immediately. That's smart. All right. Well, um, so you guys did get a tarp, so you're feeling pretty decent, I'm sure, as that was by far the most important item. Um, as you guys are finally getting a chance to talk to each other and setting up camp, what's the initial vibes of your group? Um, I think we're all, I think, I mean, generally we were all just trying to get to know each other. Um, I, I had a lot more discussions with Jen, Greg, Laura, uh, than I did with Katie and John. Uh, Katie and John were on the quieter side and maybe, this is still terrible. Like I don't know if it's like was it maybe it's an age demographic thing that Laura, Jen, and Greg were all closer in age to me than Katie and um, John were. It also didn't help that so we eventually set up our camp, kind of not in the mud puddle that you assigned us, but kind of a little bit off in, in, in the trees. Uh, so we so we set we put we put up our tarp. We put the two waterproof blankets that Katie and I brought on the ground. We're laying on it, and I forget the order is, but I'm on the far left and then both katie and john are like on the far right so i'm talking i'm talking easily to jen laura and greg but I, I don't i'm not next to the other two that really talk to them so i don't really get a lot of good conversations with them at one point i head off to the bathroom with katie and i turn to her and say like is there a survivor in our tribe am i am i crazy like that i is there a survivor here and i just don't recognize them she's like no i don't i don't think there is so I did ha have her for for one small conversation where I kind of said like, "Am I? Do I just? I mean, I haven't seen all the seasons. I will admit that. Like, I, there's a big twelve to fifteen season gap in the middle I've missed. So I was like, maybe someone from there. But um, I, I ended up talking and getting along a lot more with Jen, Greg, and Laura, or like as we were getting acclimated with each other. Well, I recommend you now. Get you back mentioned you watched. And, and catch those seasons you're missing. Which ones are you missing? So I watched Survivor when I was really young, when I was growing up, when it first aired. And mm. I watched all of it until Cook Islands, which I went to the finale, which was really awesome. And then oh. life kind of happened. You know, I was in high school. I was just crazy busy with school. I think my parents kind of stopped watching the show and just stopped being something. So, And then my senior year of college, I was a resident assistant. And one of the other RAs was like, hey, you know, he, I watch every reality TV show known the man, including Survivor. And I was like, hey, you know, why don't, we, why, why don't I come by when you watch Survivor? This can be a great chance to make a new friend. And so I started watching Survivor with um, Blood vs. Water 26, season 26 with him. And so I have a big gap in the middle there when I kind of miss some of the more iconic seasons. 
I know what happens in them. I've spoiled myself completely on every single one of those. I've just never gone back and actually watched them now. Well, as a former resident director in an RA, I guess that's a joke. But I recommend you go go back and when you can try to try to try to see it because the nuances are so interesting about the history of the show. So that was one thing I did remember from casting that I was like, oh yeah, because as a res life person, I'm always kind of drawn to those people. So that's when we gave the second pass. That's when I was like, oh yeah, he'll be solid if he's been an RA. So that <laughs> I remember that part for sure. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the, the, the camp life late into that night after you got everything set up. Um, is there any strategy talk within night one? Um, no, I didn't feel like there was much strategy talk that night one. I mean, so we have that reward challenge, right? Like that was probably the most strategy. Well, very little. So there's that reward challenge where you're broken up to, into groups of two. And so Jen and I were paired up, and so we go to the challenge, and so there's Marie and Jack from the Red Tribe, Rachel and Scott from the Yellow Tribe, and Desiree and Dion from the Green Tribe. And this is the challenge where we were, end up in like two, two teams of four, so Jen and I were paired up with Marie and, Maria and Jack um, against the other two, and you had to kind of throw sandbags from oars from one, one side to the other. I don't know if that's a great description of it. And the winner gets... The winner, the winners get some reward, and we don't know what the reward is. And we kind of suck, <laughs> and we lose. And the, and the, and Rachel, Scott, Desiree, and Dion get the reward. And you know they they go off, um, do their thing, and the rest of us are kind of commiserating and sucking. Uh, who knew that would be a early theme for the Tatanka tribe? Um, and they come back, and you know, kind of say like, "Hey, you know, what did you get? Uh, what happened?" And they give a pretty bad lie there's something to the extent of like oh we were given the option to trade items that we already have for something else or and, but we didn't want to so nothing happened something to that extent something like that was not very believable and so the whole thing ends uh jen and i head back and i turn and say yeah they just lied to us i'm just like i don't know what they're lying about but that was that they got something and they're not telling us always have your lies ready people like watch the show be creative and don't talk out of your ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think you... I, I, I don't think any... I certainly did not expect people to get a fake and a real immunity out of that challenge. I, who knew that that was the challenge to be at, right? Who, who knew that the prize was so high? Um, I, I, maybe they, they could have just said, hey, we got an advantage. Or the, like a, a, a va advantage of the challenge or something like that. They, they could have like sloughed off something like that and may have been like oh sure that's more believable right i but it, it's it's so i don't blame them but it was what what they went with was not great was there um anyone you specifically wanted to unite with in a possible alliance um or at least were trying to like basically build some foundation of an alliance I mean, generally, I was kind of good. I, I want to work with everyone. I'm open, right? It's like it's it doesn't it doesn't make sense early on to be inflexible. So I was kind of wanted to go to see where the wind was going and go with that. I definitely wanted to work with Greg. Um, that was a person I I liked, enjoyed talking to. I really wanted to have a working 
partnership in the game. And then at that point, it was also Jen considering I had gone to that early challenge with her and, and, and had some more time speaking with her. And then Laura, I, I wasn't quite sure what, at least that be on that day one before night one, I, I really wasn't quite sure where I was shaking out with her. Um, but I, I changed, I ch definitely changed that feeling the next day. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add, Michael? Before we get into day two, um, you know how bad was that weather? First night. Um, so we had to, so like the red tribe, we had two, two we had two tarps, and I always find this funny. Is that like I, I forget which team of two from our tribe went, but they did a competition. They and the yellow tribe won. And from what I heard, is like there was two boxes, and the yellow tribe came in first. So the yellow tribe got to choose which box they wanted to open first. And there was the small box, and there was the big box. And the yellow tribe chose the small box and got their second flint. And then we got the second tarp by default. So, I mean, so we were really lucky from that point of view, because I don't think a flint was going to do much good. We had, like, just the tiniest bit. I don't even know if we had, maybe had a little rice. So it was just like, there was no point trying to make a fire that night, because it was just poured nonstop. Um, but that night, I think it easily goes down to the most coldest and most miserable I've ever been in my life. Um, I mean, I think, uh, I think everyone's going to say something akin to that, but I was, that, that was awful. Um, I was, we were all laying down on, on these two blankets and I'm on the outer edge, uh, which maybe in retrospect, that was a bad idea. I should have sandwiched myself in the middle somewhere, but, it, but I'm on the outer edge with Laura because my blanket's on the ground. Laura's sharing her blanket with me. Uh, I think I kind of maybe t tried to tug over the blanket once or twice more off of her, more onto me, because I just shivered the entire night. I, I was just shivering uncontrollably just with how cold I was. And I think the best point in the night is when I think Laura just got fed up with me because I was just like vibrating up and down because I, I just I was so cold that she just kind of like laid half her body on me <laughs> and like her body warmth like got me to stop absolutely freezing and got me to somewhat sleep through the night and like honestly after that night i was like you know i don't care what i thought about laura and those and that and the first 12 hours she just frankly all i can hear is she just saved my life like she got me through that night in one piece and i'm i'm indebted to her like 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 this is probably the best thing she did like wherever she wants to go i will go too <laughs> frankly like if she says like vote this person i'll happily vote that person because she like i honestly could not have gone through that night without basically her kind of like draping herself on me and i think like gosh i saw a video that that when she and some a bunch of other people went to the reality uh conference in like florida she reenacted what that night was like for her and and like she basically said all right dion lay on the ground i'm gonna lay next to you all right dion pretend you're seizing yeah this is what sleeping next to steven was like all night long <laughs> Well, we're glad you didn't seize, and we're glad she provided you body heat to to save your life. Oh man, but, but yeah, that that first night was like, <laughs> I will never forget. I'll say that much. And I had two tarps. The first day is so important for impressions because first impressions really do matter in the game of Survivor, and um, especially like you just said, something like that. You know, you didn't really have much. Uh, you were like um, indecisive about Laura at first, but then after that, you're like, I am down with this person for the rest of the game. So those things that may seem inconsequential 
that you do to others end up being huge later in the game, especially as something for the first few votes, especially in the game of Survivor, it tends to be a lot of who is not working at camp, who is not gelling with the group, uh, who is being uh, kind of a bit on the sketchy side. Like your actions and um, things that you say are by far the most important on day one because that stuff gets remembered for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's it's like, so what's weird about, I'll just say this, what's weird about the survival challenge is that you have to realize that rarely will you stick with your initial tribe the entire game. Now, I admire that the survival challenge is that every year is different, and you can kind of look <laughs> yeah, at I was gonna the say. Prior, <laughs> you can kind of look at the prior years to kind of get a sense of what to expect year year, right? And and so like I know that Ryan's season had no swaps. That for that first tribe, that tribe you start with is the tribe you're rolling with that season that, like that season then this then the season after um bethany's season had done a ton of ton of different swaps early on where like everyone starts on no tribe then there's divisions that first night and then they switch to alt guys versus girls and then they get to their to their final tribe and so i felt pretty confident especially because as four tribes of six i i felt like you know this isn't the end-all be-all combination that i will expect in this game like like something something's gonna happen and so from that extent like it was you didn't want to you didn't want to play the game super hard because again like something that happened in our season was that laura inadvertently spooked greg and greg then like in that in that first two days and greg went and poisoned the well for her and they and granted they like reconciled made up it was almost too late for laura from that from that extent and so, like, I, I definitely that like the that first two days it was kind of weird. You're trying, you're playing on your tiptoes, right? You're trying to strategize, but not overtly so. You're trying to play the game, but not do so in a frightening way that like ticks off someone else or makes someone like, oh wow, we need to gun for you. It, it was, it was, it, it was delicate. All right. Well, going into the next day, um, now that the rains mostly clear it up and you guys probably got hardly any sleep um what's what are you looking to accomplish by the end of the day um not lose as badly as we did the entire day i'll say that much um you know typically the survival challenge is always done like a, a multi-part reward challenges where like it all culminates to something and you want that something be it whatever it is in this case uh food uh and an idol um, so I definitely would like to have seen that and been there, but man, we sucked. Man, we were a train wreck in all these challenges for so many reasons. Um, I think the other thing I wanted to do that I felt like I accomplished is I had a really good one-on-one -on -one conversation with Greg, which was also problematic because the other four players at camp all went out to the bathroom and stayed at the bathroom for a long time. <laughs> so Greg and I were alone and apart from the four of them. But I had a really good conversation with Greg when I was like, look, dude, I want to work with you. I think we will both play a game in a similar manner. Like, w like, what are you thinking? Where are you at? Like, where's your head in the game? What's your strategy? And we, uh, I don't, you have no sense of time when you're outside like this, right? So I don't know how long we were talking for, but I had a really good in-depth conversation with him. Um, which, I, and so, like, where we kind of said, like, you know, what are your thoughts on Dr. Jill? Like, and it was, I felt really solid with Greg after that. And I'm not trying cool. to be mean. Why do you why do you think you uh why do you think you guys 
I'll, I'll use your language a little bit. Why did you suck so much? Or what was the challenge? Like what, what led <laughs> oh, to that? Yeah. I, I'm okay. not trying to like, you know, curb stomp. You no, no, use I, you know, the I, word. So yeah. I'll say this, the videos up on YouTube of those reward challenges do not show how badly we suck. <laughs> it's like they, they paint us in a very nice light, light where they just kind of like the end the challenge very quickly and not in like, it's just, Oh, okay. So let's see. We start with the ball balancing challenge. Um, we just sucked at that. <laughs> I don't. I like. Maybe I should have put myself in a higher position. I put myself kind of towards the very end. I don't think it, the ball even really ever came to me. Uh, the next one was the water basketball challenge. Um, we actually. I felt like we had an early lead in that challenge. And watching back the video, like Jen was one of the first people to score of that challenge. We got the we got the little buoy balls to her really quickly, but. I don't, I, I don't know if she just choked or what ended up happening, but we, I, I felt felt like we our lead we had we it just it just kind of got squandered and wasted away, and so we came forth in that one. Uh, the next was the ladder challenge, and I, I'm sure because it's a puzzle, there is a proper methodology you should apply into how they get the pieces into the ladder. But it ended up kind of becoming a sprinting challenge where simply just trial and error, get the piece, jam it in, run back. And we just made a really bad decision in putting John first. And nothing against John, but he's not, a, he's not in the best shape to run and sprint for a prolonged period of time like that. So it was just kind of like, oh, we put probably the least apt person to do like a, a heavy running, sprinting trial and error challenge first. <laughs> and I, we got third. I, I I did the knots at the very end, which was which was fun. I was just, that 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 was cool. And I didn't do great because I've never actually untied knots before. But um, it, it just wasn't. I don't know. It just, it just just wasn't good. And then um, we did a there was a multi part challenge next. I don't know what went wrong there. Uh, that's one of the hanging leaf puzzle. Uh, we just I think we just didn't pull it on the puzzle. I guess. Um, there is the topsy. There is that that topsy turvy challenge where you have to place the blocks on the little seesaw thing, and we just got out strategized there. I mean, the proper strategy for that is one person holds all the tension in the rope, the other person doesn't, and just runs up and back. And the other tribes figured it out before we did, so that that kind of sucked. And then there was the block stacking challenge where you have to stack with the blocks on the that 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 tall wooden pole. And it's kind of funny that it was both the Red Tribe and us who just struggled so hard in that, which is considering it was Jack and I were both of those tribes, you'd think like, hey, these tribes are the tallest people. Surely that will give them advantage. And the answer is, oh, well, maybe you need someone with really good agility and, and balance skills like Dion and Leah <laughs> to, to do that. And so that that challenge was just, was just a, a disaster. And then finally, we got the slip and slide challenge, and that was a lot of fun. It's just at that point, there's no way we're winning. And again, we we just didn't do well. <laughs> so I think it was a combination of just a poor strategy, poor play, and poor and poor, poor strategy in the challenge, and maybe some poor performance too. I don't know. It was We just got third and fourth in everything. So you didn't have the best challenge, A, but what was some of your highlights for those challenges? Um, You know, that, that ladder challenge, I was really happy that I was the last person to go and to do the robes and you know met retros it was kind of awful like because it it just the heavens opened up and the rains poured down during that challenge and it, but it was still kind of cool to be doing it and to have 
that hero moment, even though like I knew there was no way I was gonna take first or second from from in that challenge. And then um, I honestly the slip inside was a lot of fun. I, that was that was a really that was a really novel and cool thing to do. Um, and honestly, I enjoyed all the challenge. It just kind of sucked to suck. Was there something that you saw in a in one of the older videos that you wish you had done that we didn't maybe like bring from Maine to Macomb or? Or something you've seen on the show you wish we had incorporated into the show into that we didn't? Into those reward challenges? Yeah. Um, no, honestly, I, I I think the survival challenge of all the games done has had the most top-notch challenges, and all of them were reminiscent of the show and were fun and, dare I say, challenging. And so, honestly, I was pretty... I was really happy with just... Even though we lost, it was... Oh, oh, the whole day was just still a really cool experience okay. to have awesome you were one of the folks that has the most knowledge so i always ask stuff like that just because some people go in totally cold and you had from the video component probably one of the best element you weren't making puzzles like evan and your whatever but i mean you were watching the video and knew a lot so cool cool yeah no it's because honestly like the issues i've taken with like challenges i've done in the past from other games is like you know, the challenge maybe sometimes isn't the most well thought out, or maybe there's some issues with it, or like, I mean, the only challenge that, that, I, that I feel like was a little frustrating was that topsy-turvy challenge, where like, when it became such an obvious, like, there is the optimal strategy, and like, mm-hmm. it, and I guess it just sucks when you're like, oh, I didn't realize that I got out-strategized, and like, oh, and then you're like, well, I wish that, that there wasn't a possibility to do that, do the optimal strategy that was just pure talent at that point and not outthinking the challenge but whatever it's that's part of the game cool so as the uh other team is enjoying their uh reward what are you guys doing back at camp and is there preparation for a twist to happen or anything like that oh my gosh so no so not only was tatanka a mess the challenges i think we were kind of like a paranoid mess hope afterward i I think i don't know who was saying it but like, there's like people were saying like like i want to say almost greg was saying it's like you know like w- like man like what if the punishment for being fourth and doing so badly is we have to go we have to go to the travel council together as a tribe or just like you know like we're so bad we're gonna get punished somehow and <laughs> you know oh gosh some other fun stuff so you know there's some downtime here and there and so one of the like fun game like one of the like I, there's a word game called the green glass door. Have you have either of you heard of it? I haven't. I'm no. not. So the green glass door is you say, imagine there's a world and this world is behind this green glass door. You can ask me what exists in this world, and I'll tell you whether it exists or not. For 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 instance, um the color yellow exists, but the color blue does not. Right? Um pillows exist, but beds do not. And the whole point of the game is for the other players, the players who don't know how it works, to figure out the logic. And the logic for this game is anything with two letters back-to-back, two identical letters, like two L's, two E's, two O's, whatever, exists. Anything else doesn't. So we, so like for, so we were playing that. And poor Jin um, wasn't paying, either wasn't paying attention, but kind of wandered in halfway through and was like, what's going on? And we were like, oh, you know, this exists in the world behind the green glass door, but Jin doesn't. And, 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 I, and we actually, I think we actually freaked her out. That, that she, she started thinking that, like, she didn't know it was a game and started thinking that that meant, like, we were, like, wanting to vote her out of the game. And, like, that there was some sort of strategy of us, of, of, of us like, not including her based off that game because she didn't exist behind the green glass door. 
that was unintentional. That's something I found out post game. Like, whoops! I, did, I had no, I had no desire to do that to you. <laughs> um, there was also like this like little clue we got as our like our I don't know consolation prize for sucking, saying, "Hey, I forget. There's something hidden by your camp. Here is a vague riddle." And I suck at observation skills. Uh, my parents' favorite refrain for me when I was growing up was that Stephen, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. Because I just can't see stuff in front of my own face. Like, it, it's it's just, I just, I'm bad at finding stuff. So, like, <laughs> I had, like, when it was like, here's a vague clue, go hunting. I was like, yeah, there's no there's no chance I'm ever going to find anything based off that. Um, at this point, like, Greg, not only is are we paranoid that we might get, like, punished for sucking, Greg is just even more paranoid because Greg feels an out. So Greg is tearing up the forest looking for whatever this is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of like whatever. I'm like putting sticks in the mud so I don't have to stop walking on on the mud around our campsite. Which Jen, for some reason, I found out later on, she thought like the the, the clue or idol whatever was hid by our campsite, and I had found it, and therefore I was hiding my tracks by putting the sticks on the ground. I I don't even know. Um, <laughs> it, it 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 was a disaster, and like kind of like at this, at this point, like I had had talks with I I I'd had talks with Laura. Um, and so, and then like with Jen and Greg, and I was kind of getting a sense of if, if this tribe had gone to tribal council, what sort of nonsense would occur? And I, the vibe I was getting was that Katie was, was on the, was, was lining up to be that hypothetical potential first boot in the Tatanka tribe. That was, that was my impression. Uh, and, and my other impression was that if we had to go again, Greg was probably going second. Uh, both Jin and Laura were like adamant about John. <laughs> they're they're like John is staying. John's not going. We love John. And so like my conversation with John's like, hey, I'm not worried with you. I want to work with you. Uh, you seem pretty. You pretty. You seem pretty cemented here, especially with Laura and Jen. Fascinating. John had had trouble in his other two seasons. Was how open was he about being a alumnus? Was he open or how, how did he broach yeah, that so with the group? Both, so like we like that first day we had. A, several cathartic moments there was greg kind of confessing hey guys i i hosted this fan survivor season survivor time and change and like i hadn't realized that he was confessing it to us because like jack completely called him out on that earlier and that's why he felt the need to like come clean and like i i I was like oh that's even better because i'd watch your show like i i had no idea um and then then both katie katie and john katie told us she was a last minute replacement and john told us that he had been the fundraiser so i mean it's it is it's weird because you think like normal like i come in with the mentality of into the game of i don't want to work with the survivors i want this to be my like if you think of live reality games and the pinnacle live reality games like survival challenge is like at the tier of just like like the like the challenges themselves the production value the the fact that the, the way they filmed it the um just just the overall quality of the game but also like the difficulty and rigor of it and so like mm-hmm. I, I knew coming in like this is my game i want to play it. i don't want to lay roll over and die for for a survivor <laughs> definitely because like you'd seen like definitely in previous seasons like especially dr jill's season like you you saw players kind of roll over and like let the like give and seed too much ground to those survivor players but I didn't know how I felt about the returning players per se, especially knowing that both of them had gone out pretty early in the pre-merge. So, mm. cool. I'm glad they acclimated well. Oh, interesting. 
with that evening, mm-hmm. I do have a follow-up question. Was there any inkling what was going to happen later that that evening? Were you getting vibes besides the find the green door with Jen? Like, what was just uh, the no, reaction? No, I, I had I had no bad vibes with Jen. I definitely kind of I, I so like eventually I think Jordan came for our tribe and said, "Hey, I need a guy and a girl." And so, like, I, I, I don't fault Greg whatsoever for saying, pick me, pick me, take me, and just bolting, especially when, when Jen also volunteered. So I, I don't fault that at all. And frankly, like, I wasn't surprised at all to see some sort of swap or something else happen. Like, it, it's, I, I think it's, a, what is it, is it Big Brother that says expect unexpected? Like, I, I know yep. Survival Challenge likes throwing punches, those throwing punches when you don't expect it. So I was fine to roll with it at the time. Now, um, you know, you, your tribe just seemed very dysfunctional. So are you basically just like hoping for a twist to happen and just hoping that this is not the group you're sticking with because I it's mean, just so chaotic? I felt comfortable enough that I wouldn't be the first person or the first. I, I felt comfortable that I wouldn't be the first person and probably the second person voted out. I felt comfortable in my relationship with Laura uh, and, and and to at that point with Jen, really, that that whatever would go down, I would be insulated for a vote or two. And granted, like let's say let's say we vote four times in that tribe, yes, I would be I I would be extremely worried at that point. But I, I generally, considering prior seasons really ran with tribes of eight, I I was kind of expecting maybe something similar to happen. All right. Well, something does fortunately happen for you. Um, what was your reaction and your participation in it? Okay, so on my list of regrets of the season, this is a key moment. Um, this is where so they're like, all right, so there's four four people from each tribe, two guys, two girls, and and John asks us, hey, I need you to separate yourself into a guy girl pair from each tribe. And this is. <laughs> I look at I look at the four of us like okay we have John who's considered the older male demographic Katie who might be considered the older female demographic then Laura and me who are on the younger side of the demographic it would be more fair if Laura went with John and I went with Katie just just, just kind of the balancing of the strengths and weaknesses maybe from that point of view and I suggest that and that's what we did that was probably a really bad move on my part I think I should I think. Looking back at my season, especially just what an opportunity the survival challenge is, I should have played a lot more selfishly. And I should have just said, I want Laura, and I probably could have gone Laura as my partner. And I think that would have been better for me because I had a much better re- relationship and with Laura at that point in time. And I think, I and Laura's a gamer too, but I think Laura probably would have been less... Granted, Laura also voted John out, so I, I feel like Laura would have been less likely to vote me out than Katie would have later in the game. Um, Fair enough. It is what it is. I, I decide. I said, "Hey, why don't we split like this?" That was generally agreed upon, and Katie and I ended up on Tosho 2.0. Gotcha. It makes sense, though. Like, you have to. You have to. Basically, you have to expect that you have to fight for yourself. You can't rely on other people fighting for you and your needs because even though it's a team-based game at first, Survivor is always an individual game. Um, and 
if you somehow make it to the game by just having other people help you out, you're probably not going to win at the end. Um, so don't get me wrong. I mean, that's that's kind of what the, you're saying. That the social game itself is is getting other people to want to propel you forward, right? That's such a key right. component of Survivor is to find the people to have a shared interest and also have their interest be in having you take that st step forward. And relationships right, are yeah. key in that. You can't like unless you like won seven movies in a row, it's it's it, very rarely can you say, I did this all by myself. But I think that there it has are to be a two-way thing, though. You know, yeah, you can't... I, th I just think there's times where you, where you should be greedy. And I, I think it's too Absolutely. Easy. I think it's too easy. And, I th and looking back at how I play, I think it's too easy to think, like, what would the tribe think? I need to play together in this group and, and not... And versus saying, like, no, 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 wait. I, I want to win this. <laughs> I, I want to win this. I, I don't want, like, and so I think I had to pick Laura, that would have been better for my game in the long term. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you ended up with a different group. What What is your thoughts on now this new group? Is it just as dysfunctional or are you feeling more at home? Um, so this was, this was really interesting. So we go back, we, so we had the Tocho, the, the Tocho, Beach? No, the, the, the Tocho tribe area, which I am intimately familiar with because I've spent a lot of time there uh, when I was on the Roatan tribe in the game the prior year. Uh, so I was happy because that place is much nicer than the, than the mud pit that the Tatanka tribe was in. Um, you know, immediately Justin takes me aside and says, hey, you know, it's reds, greens, and blues. We are sticking together. Uh, we are, we're, it'll be us six. And so he immediately gives that to me and Katie comes over and confirms as well. She's like, Justin, uh, Justin, Hannah, and I all met each other at that um, night one um, duo reward challenge, and l let's let's make this work. And I, and I was like, "Wow, this is kind of a gift dropped into dropped into my lap." <laughs> I was like, "Sure, I'll t I'll take a free alliance. What could go wrong?" <laughs> um, <laughs> I was about to so, say, did that alarm you at all about how perfect that seems? Um, so <laughs> what I had learned. From all the things I consumed about the survival challenge, is that that night is the most pivotal night in the game, because that evening afternoon is where you should submit a plan for what's going to happen the next day. Because you need to assume you are going to lose and lose drastically. You are going to assume that your tribe is going to go to minimum four tribal councils, and thank goodness if you go to less. And if you do not, because the game's going to be such a little time, if you do not get a strong plan in motion. Prior to that, uh, it's it's too it's it's super difficult to, to try to do it on the fly the following day. So really, you need to get your you need to get alliance and get that going and submit it. And so that was my plan for that night. And so it was really nice to get that. But of course, like okay, so we vote out Adam Adam and Leah. That's great. That's two. But I don't want to. I want a third. So I, I ended up I talked to Justin at one point and say, hey, you know, where do we go from there? Because I don't want to be you. I don't want to be me. So where do we push? And I and and Justin's like, well, what about Maria? I was like, really? He's like, yeah, no, I'm fine, Ryan and Maria. And at this point, like, I think each of us were heavily saddled into our duo from our original tribe, and I shouldn't have been. Um, I think I think I should have been a lot more flexible and seen as a lot more of a free agent rather than saddled to Katie. I think my issue was I really wanted to find find that one person in the game that you could run the game with, that you would be there throughout the entire thing. And I thought maybe that was going to be Greg, but I was like, okay, 
uh, maybe it's Katie because Katie's a person that Katie's from my original tribe and like we, we've spent the most time with each other. So I was really working hard to make her feel comfortable with me. They really like say they really talk with her and have one on ones with her and they really show like I am invested in us together going through this thing. And I think that was a mistake. I think if I had seen if I had presented myself as much more free agent saying like, well, and when and, and say, hey, you know, I'm fine writing down Katie if need be, that would have been much better for my game but you know especially when, seeing how dysfunctional your tribe was you know also i also considering that katie was potentially the the person that like i think i feel like our tribe was leaning towards voting out i think that like that was probably not great for me to then kind of pivot and say all oh, in on katie here we go i think she probably picked up vibes and was probably also like thankful to be away from that tribe um so i i think that that was a mistake but you know when justin said like hey you know i'm fine ryan demaria she can be the third person i was like really are, are you sure about that are you comfortable with that she's like oh no no i'm sure about that i'm comfortable it's like okay and i just accepted it for what it was and i was like okay there we go we have one we have our one two and three for the next day we're locked and loaded um and all and also like that poor tocha 1.0 tribe like so we get back to camp we set up we set everything up right the fire is going we have the two uh tarps to put up with the two blanket the two waterproof blankets beneath or so Granted, I think in retrospect, we were stupid. We should have had the tarp open side facing the fire. That would have been a lot more comfortable versus not. Uh, but we have everything set up, and Leah and Adam Kennedy just kind of go to sleep. Because <laughs> they're probably dead and exhausted. I mean, they had actually done well that day in the challenges versus uh, Tatanka 1.0. Uh, but they, they just, they're just beat, and they kind of pass out with each other. And so it was. It was kind of like, how do you strategize with them when they're sleeping, and when they're when they're like that? So it was kind of like, I, I don't want to say they did it to themselves. So I'd say like, you know, Bree taking the pot over the tarp had a had a big domino effect, and I think really hurt their games because you know I I, I re-listened to both Leah and Adams um, retrospective a bit um, today, and you know Adams talking about like saying like you know i just didn't have time to cause the chaos and i think he was relying so much on that the, the time during the immunity day versus the time the night before and unfortunately i think that was when all the strategizing and all the figuring stuff out really happened for the most part some of the best beef we've ever had was adam against justin i don't know if justin was really as reciprocal as that but what was the catalyst for that from your take I have absolutely no idea. Um, okay, I was just, um, as a producer, it was amazing to watch, and I wanted more because Justin was so snarky. But I don't really think there was a whole lot back. Yeah, it was know, just so much at Justin. <laughs> yeah, you know that that's honestly that Tocho tribe was. I don't know what I what I should have done on that tribe. Looking back, like should I if I knew if I had perfect knowledge. Well, if I had perfect knowledge, I would have won a certain immunity challenge <laughs> for my tribe yeah. and voted out. Uh, other than that, if I knew I was gonna, if I was third on the chopping block, do I? I don't. I don't know what I should have been doing on that tribe because it's interesting. So, you have Justin, and Justin's a very. Justin was that big player, that person you know will be a target who's taking control, right? You know he's that player, and Maria is was a much quieter player. You have Hannah, and man, Hannah is amazing. Like, I so desperately wanted to work with her, and I so desperately wanted to be in alliance with her because I enjoyed hanging out with her. She's fun. She's witty. It's like she's a good she's a good survivor player. It's like I so badly wanted to work with her. And then you have Adam, and Army Adam's like the whole entire day before then, like, 
you're just you're kind of seeing Army Adam in his full get up, especially in that that initial day. You're like, who is this dude? Where did he come from? What is he wearing? What what is this guy? Right? And Army Adam was playing a hard under the radar game, very hard. And like so, like and I I really like Adam and both in and out of the game. But it, it cracked me up because like he and I are tying up, are like kind of doing stuff around camp and putting up the shelter. He's like, Steven, you know, you and I are us two big strong guys need to stick together. And I was just like, uh-huh, yeah. In my head, I'm like, first of all, if anyone ever says like, do you want to be a lunch? Like, yes, we should take me with you. You never say no. But also I'm just like, no one in my life has ever, ever described me as, as the, as the big strong guy. It's like, I am tall, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely not strong, but Sure, I'll take it. I'll take it. This is I'll, I'll, whatever, right? Um, but Adam was playing. Adam was playing a very hard under the radar role, and I think the problem is I was also trying to play under the radar, and that that was not a good strategy for us to both be playing there. And for especially when Adam had that stronger tie to Hannah, that that was that was probably not the right move for me. Um, you had um, Leah and Adam. Um, I, I I honestly didn't get to talk that much with Adam, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I, I think, you know, from listening to this video as well, I think he felt the same about me and thought I was, if he had to target something, he didn't want to target me because, like, he had the least connection to me. Um, and then I think I think that's everyone. Then you have Katie. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, there's there should have been other red flags for me, too. I'm just going to word barf everything. Like, the next day, like, skipping ahead during lunch, at one point, or maybe it's earlier, right, you have Maria, Hannah, and Katie all sitting under the tarp talking and they realize all of them are teachers and they all have this big thing in common with each other and they're all talking about their jobs i just remember thinking like well this this could be a problem couldn't it like them having this connection right because you, you don't want to see other people have these stronger connections of something so fundamental like what they do for their entire life like be a teacher and i was like uh-huh and i, I should have like i should have like really pushed on justin adams saying this is a problem and I th I, I'd like to say that it did become a problem for Justin come end game for him with that relationship. Um, and last thing, so Justin, like, you know, when Justin came up and he said, hey, this is what we do, and, like, like it's 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 us six sticking together, he, he, here's where we're going, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a gift. You know, there was, there was just, like, this kind of gut feeling of just, like, wow, you know, of, of this tribe, whoever is going to, the person who would most likely stab me in the back would be Justin. <laughs> it, it, it was just kind of like this like feeling of just like you know if someone here will vote me out i think it'll be justin but i was kind of like no no let's let's not follow that avenue let's take this initial alliance and let's try to instead solidify my place in that alliance so whoops <laughs> it's so funny because so much of the social game is constantly questioning yourself questioning your gut questioning your impressions questioning what people think of you and you're doing not just double takes, triple takes, even quadruple takes sometimes about are you overthinking this or is this a gut reaction or like is something else putting me off? Like it's really hard to tell what is even your gut at certain points in the game. I think Dominic from Ghost Island put it well where he said fear makes you sharp, but I, I, it's a fine line between playing fearfully and, and properly so and playing paranoid, right? My understanding of like what happened to Jin is that I, I think she ended up being more on the paranoid side in the game a, a, a bit a, a bit too much to her, um, unfortunately. 
So I, it's it's a fine line and it's hard and you, you definitely don't want to be complacent. You want to have that sense of fear propel you, but you don't want it to have to have it define you. Right. So what was your um your first tribal council like? Take us through that. So let's see. So we had the fir- we so <laughs> so we so I'm gonna just kind of roll through the challenges. So we had that first the the yeah go for it take it away the cart challenge, which was probably the most physically uh, demanding challenge we did over the entire the, the entire my my entire first day of immunities. Um, and that was a weird one because Adam Kennedy like we we're just like okay we have to sit someone out. We'll probably want to sit out a girl because this seems a very physically demanding challenge. And Adam Kennedy's like. I can't participate, and so he steps out. And we're like, okay, then we'll, we'll like we'll just we'll have Adam sitting out, then and then we'll, we'll have everyone else, and we end up winning it, which is great. But that was kind of just like a little bit. I think I don't remember what he said. I, I think he has. I think that was is an anxiety issue for him. But it, it was kind of just like like oh, this was uh, it was kind of it was very unexpected. Was it the smoking withdrawal and the anxiety? Because I know we'd had the anxiety issue the night. I don't know. Or so, okay. I I, 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 I don't know. All I know is it definitely took us off guard, and I'm very grateful we won that challenge because, but it was it was definitely surprising. And then the next challenge was the bucket relay challenge, and this is one of those challenges where we lost because um, we just got outsmarted. You know, I realized very quickly in this challenge, like it was like you had to throw the buckets of water, but the the the, the directions were you have to keep one foot on your little like stand you have to keep one foot on this little place right and i was like well i'm really tall i can just reach both players <laughs> i'll just reach over and get the water so we got a lot of water and the other tribes kind of picked up on that strategy but the problem was uh we didn't think it through where like instead of being very delicate and conserving your water when it comes to pouring it into your little glass jars ever like we realized like we should realize like oh we have all this water just dump it in and that's what other tribes did and that's what it beat us so going into that tribal council i think Again, Adam Kennedy didn't really talk to me. You can, I could tell that he was really kind of throwing stuff out there, trying to make something happen. But you only have like a couple. We only have like what, five minutes, and we're sitting awkwardly on this trailhead, <laughs> right outside of tribal council. And it, and you know, retrospect, I think the right play is be a bit more aggressive, be willing to take people inside, say, hey, confirming, are we doing this? Is this happening? Let's make it happen, right? But we were at that point in the game, none of us were doing that. And so I, I think we all went with the agreed on plan from the prior night to write Adam's name down. I know there was debate whether do we do Adam or Leah first. And I personally feel that Adam stepping down out of that first challenge contributed to him being targeted first. Um, gotcha. So, um, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I'll just I'll just roll through the re- the, the rest of the day. And you can get you can get my unedited stream of, stream of consciousness. <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. Um, so th- there's the fire challenge next. Um, this challenge we come in second. So we barely beat out um the poor red tribe who goes back to tribal council to vote out, um Scott. Um, then then we go to the fourth challenge. This is the tension in the air challenge where you have five tribe members holding a string of rope with a platform in the middle. And you have to stack the blocks up. And we, this was probably uh, one of my two favorite challenges because we crushed it. We absolutely crushed it. Like we got, we like we did it on the first tribe, and I, I was put in that kind of that key role, the person who'd go last, to where kind of like all relies on you. And I was like, I don't, because I, I feel confident about my balance skills. So I was like, yeah, I, th- I think I can do it, and I pulled it off, and we did it, and I was so so thrilled by that. So that was fun. Um, 
then then we go to the gross food challenge. Um, <laughs> this was funny because like you know we're all saying like how comfortable are you eating gross food? And I'm just like, I like the idea that I can eat gross food. So, but don't put me in slot five. <laughs> so I end up in slot three, and which I'm actually really grateful for because of all the food put down there. I got the kimchi plate, and I've had kimchi before in my life. I know kimchi. I've had kimchi. I've been to South Korea. I've had fresh kimchi. And I know it enough that it's no, I hate it. <laughs> so I was like, well, a food I'm intimately familiar with. How lucky am I? And merely because I can't do spicy. I mean, be, it being pickled is bad enough. But oh my gosh, the fact it's spicy is just like injury added to insult. But I choked down and there's a gr there's that great picture that came out of the challenge of me like looking like I'm nearly about to throw up uh, with like kimchi smeared all over my face. Uh, but at least I was with Jack on that leg, and Jack sucked even more. So thank you, Jack. Uh, Doctor Jill was kind of a beast. She ate like the pickled herring, and like was it pickled herring? No, pickled pig's foot. She ate that in, like seconds. It was kind of unreal. <laughs> it was. It was. She just. I, I don't understand how she ate it so fast. Um, how fresh was our so, kimchi? Was we rocking some fresh kimchi, or was it pretty nasty? Yeah. All kimchi's nasty. I mean, the fresher the kimchi is, the I think I can't remember. I think the the longer it ferments, the spicier it gets. Okay. This is my understanding. Um, it's just something I avoid when I go to Korean restaurants. I, I, I uh, <laughs> If anything is bright red at a Korean restaurant, I just avoid it. That is, that is my rule of thumb. Um, so that kind of ends our major winning streak. Because um, we have two challenges left, and so we proceed to lose the next two, which sucks. Um, this is where it gets kind of weird in the day for me. So there's the blind maze challenge. And this is the first challenge that I've, I volunteer to sit out of. And Leah kind of gets voluntold to sit out and she's not happy. And she was like, she kind of was saying like, you know, if I get voted out after we lose this challenge, I'm going to be really ticked off because I'm going to be really mad by getting voted out after not competing in the challenge, which is what happens. Um, I, but I just feel like, I don't know if it was like complacency or exhaustion. I can't be because of hunger, because even though people were complaining about us not having food and, like, our lunch was, like, a thimble, a thim, a thimble worth of rice, that was all the rice we had, and that was it for lunch. I, like, the gross food challenge was food, so I was grateful for that, uh, to the point where I wasn't even hungry after the game because I ate so much kimchi. I, I just felt like my head was out of the game. I felt like this sense of just being distanced from the game as I was watching, like, us lose, us lose that blind maze challenge, and I, it's, in retrospect, that was a really bad feeling to have, and I, it was probably a really bad sign. And I really should have like taken up and been more active in response to it, but I just felt this sense of disassociation watching us lose that challenge and, and being like, oh, well, I guess we vote at Leah next. Um, and so we lose the challenge. There's the, Leah is scrambling. Um, to my understanding, she was trying to pitch together a plan to vote out Katie, and it sounds like like Hannah could have been on board, but one of the big things is like they're like, oh, like we would need Steve, like I think we need Steven, but Steven would never vote write Katie's name down, which I would have like honestly like adopt Miss Sandra Diaz um, Twine like method anyone but me I should have it, it's my fault for not appearing much more willing and available to write her name down and like trying to like link myself up with her as a duo so tightly that that was a mistake and so Leah didn't make. Leah's plan to vote out Katie didn't make traction and I didn't even know it was happening and we just ended up going and writing down Leah and voting her out that night so that 
So and honestly, in retro, and honestly, like it had I like let's let let's say like hypothetically, Katie goes home that tribal council and we lose the next one. I I still think Leah would have gone home next, and I would have been good for the for the priest for for that time period. Like so, I think definitely being seen or playing too rigidly was a big issue in my game. Uh, a big issue. So yeah, so we vote at Leah, and then we get to the. Not the last immunity challenge of the day, but the last immunity challenge before the swap hap the swap happens. And this is a challenge that will haunt me forever. <laughs> Every time I watch Survivor and they have a a wooden slat puzzle, I die inside. Uh, that's all I can say. I just I just die inside. Because like <laughs> something that I've learned about myself is I love escape rooms. I love puzzles. That doesn't mean I'm great at puzzles, unfortunately. Like it's it's like just because I like them and I've done them doesn't mean I'll necessarily be good at them. And sometimes when I, when I play the escape rooms, like things just click. And you're like, oh, it's boom, boom, boom. It's this, 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 and you're good. Uh, this puzzle was not one of the ones that did that for me. Um, so this challenge was like you had to untangle the ropes, the key would fall. We were the last of the three tribes get the key to fall. And, you had to, and then like my tribe like appointed me as puzzle master. I remember saying like, are you sure? They're like, uh-huh, we want you. I'm like, are you really sure? Like, uh-huh, we want you. I was like, okay. I really wish i really one of my goals is to like downplay the fact i think i'm decent at puzzles and so i was kind of like well this sucks but it's what it is if this is what they want this is what they get and um man i just flood the challenge i it just i <laughs> i'm not putting the puzzles pieces into the wooden slats right into the in the standing platform right it doesn't it just doesn't occur to me like this is a double-sided puzzle i should flip over and look at the other side and i mean Gratefully, Jack also struggled immensely in this challenge. And by the time he beat me, I, I was like maybe 10 seconds away from also solving the puzzle. I was so close. But it, it just, it's just like, I, I, man, I just, I don't know why. I just wasn't thinking as I was doing the challenge. And we lost. It's and, one of those things that you can look back on, right? As you watch Survivor and you think, oh, this person's an idiot for not seeing this. But then you do it in person and you realize that your headspace is just oh man somewhere yeah. else when in the game. Oh, yeah. And like honestly, like I think the biggest boon to playing Survivor, especially kind of playing like either multiple real seasons or even live reality games, is just a sense of clarity and a sense of like being able to see the game from outside the game and like that, that's so hard to like when you're playing survivor you're wrapped up in this whole weird world and the ability to step out of it and analyze it from a third party rational perspective is so difficult but so important to do and i think that's something you get by playing multiple games be it like why i think one of the reasons why real survive like like returning players tend to dominate new players is they have this perspective and understanding and know all of the game and that's part of it. Um, but yeah, so I flood the puzzle. Um, what really sucks is I've learned post-game is, you know, while I'm flubbing the puzzle, and it, it seems to be a greater likelihood that my tribe, Tocho 2.0, is going back to Tribal Council, my understanding is that the five other players, Adam, Maria, Justin, Katie, and Hannah are kind of like, oh, shoot, who should we vote out? Well, we're here. Steven's there. Why don't we write it Steven's name? I mean, to my, to my knowledge, I don't, know if like i was definitively the third person in the pecking order for the entire day but i know that that really cemented it by giving them that time to talk with each other and to be able to, to plan and strategize and say hey let's get through this together we're here he's not i think that played a huge role in 
me going home and like my word of advice to anyone who's going to play someday who's listening to this for some reason do not put yourself in the hero role if it gives your your allies if it gives your allies or tribe an opportunity to have free time to talk and discuss and plot against you <laughs> don't do it nothing good comes from it yeah it kind of made you an obvious target at that point unfortunately and then you accidentally double down on it from being separated from the group yeah and so um we lose the challenge so we have a couple of minutes before tribal council um again it was stupid of me i was thinking more of like okay i need to deflect to maria because that's who i'm devoting for i should have been more focusing on confirming with my allies and maybe i confirm with katie and hannah but i should have talked more with justin you know i think also damning at this point is justin was worried about that i was strategizing more with katie than him i, th I think i remember him saying to me or somewhere post game that he would see me kind of take katie aside and talk with me and he was like well what are they talking about so i think he was worried about trust for me from that point of view, thinking I was closer with him, with, with Katie and maybe Hannah as well. And and to be honest, like I felt more comfortable with Katie and Hannah than I did with Justin. So I think there was very real basis to that accusation. And so, um, yeah, I, I remember going up to walking, the only few things I remember walking up, it's like, Maria, like, who are you voting for? It's like, well, who are you voting for? I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm voting Adam. I just threw a name out. I thought she would be voting for. It's like, oh yeah, I'm voting for Adam too. I'm like, great. <laughs> Such, such a stupid waste of time. I should have been grabbing Hannah, grabbing Jess, say, "Is this what we're doing? Are we fine with it?" <laughs> like, and like, oh gosh, and oh, all the ways I messed up. And like, maybe the correct answer from the very beginning was just to like kneel, worship the altar at Jess, and just think I was his tool to use. And if he was, if he was, if he believed that I would do, if he said jump, I would say how high, and that's how I wanted to progress the game. He would think of me as a more valuable asset, and he would have fought for me in that moment. I don't know. I don't know. So we get the travel council and I am fully blindsided. I don't see it coming at all. Like when it, I, I was just like, I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like this is this. I, I, it was, it, it was, it's certainly a feeling being blindsided like that. That's, that's all I can say. <laughs> um, what it's, what's describe the intensity of what it's like being in, uh, in travel council. Um, I mean, Tribal Council's theater. Tribal Council, everyone is trying to give John sound bites, but no one wants to give anything away. I mean, I'm doing the same, right? I it's it's long, right? Tribal Council is so much longer than you ever think it is because it takes so long for people to walk up, write a name, come back, walk up, write a name, come back. Um, I remember <laughs> you would pan the camera out in front of us while we were waiting to get voted, and I just kind of stuck my tongue out at you. I think that tribal council to, to kind of bring some levity. <laughs> I think I got voted out, so I was like, "That, that was really." It's like, man, if that's in the if that's in the future episode, I'm gonna feel really stupid. <laughs> if that's like the last thing I see of myself. Um, yeah. It's... Would you speaking of the voting? Would did you manage to see? Um what adam said in his vote oh yeah I, I, like steven the vote goes and earn this way not that way oh yeah oh my gosh he told me like because i hung so like i hung out with army adam a lot post game and I, I was laughing i was like wow that 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 my voting trip my voting confessionals were sanctimonious and awful your voting confessional was awesome that was pretty solid. yeah that was definitely one of my favorite vote outs all right well so you're out of the game now, but what was your reaction to the the rest of the game and the events that unfolded? And then after that, we'll get into some of the what ifs you've been thinking about of what you would have yeah. changed as a whole. I mean, so immediately post game, like, so the biggest thing is you get the will and advantage to a player left in the game. 
and I I ended up willing it to Laura because I was debating between three people: Laura, Greg, and Doctor Jill. I was debating between Laura and Greg because honestly, I'd worked with both. I, I liked them; they were both from my original tribe. I chose Laura over Greg because I thought Greg was in a stronger position uh, from, from just being from just having the numbers from that. Tatanka tribe, but all, and also I thought Laura would be a more of a free agent and go deep in the game and be able to use it. I didn't realize that there's a bunch of animosity brewing her way <laughs> that was going to sink her immediately. Um, but you know, I was also thinking Dr. Jill because like these folks just voted me out. Let's just cause chaos. Let's give Dr. Jill everything so she can just wreck everybody and goes deep in the game. Because I probably like most people thought as soon as she lost the challenge, she was going home. But man. I, I end up choosing Laura, and nothing against Laura. Laura's amazing. I really wish I gave it to Dr. Jill, just out of hopes that she would be able to do something and cause some more chaos and disruption with it. Um, so that happens. Um, I get to spend some quality time with, with uh, <laughs> Adam, Kennedy, Adam Kennedy and Leah, who I think, to be honest, were good about not putting in my face saying, like, you're an idiot, that you should have realized you were number three and you should have used us. I think there was a little of that, but they weren't ungracious about it. Um, I spent a lot more time with Adam, our Army Adam, who got voted out that night, and so that was that. That was better to talk with him. Um, you know, watching the game game progress, I, I mean, it was disclosed to us up front. This is a day longer than normal, right? So, in my head, and maybe Will, you can you can realize this. I was like, oh, they're adding an extra to the game. They're probably going to make a two day merge and a one day pre merge. Yeah, no, I did not predict there'll be a, a practically two day pre merge and a or. One and a half and one and a half plus pre-merge and a one day and change post-merge. So I was really expecting more to be tacked to the back end than the front end. So it made the it made the pre-merge so much more brutal, which is kind of fascinating to watch in and of itself. Like maybe I'm, maybe I'm a terrible person, but I, there's something interesting about the seasons where you watch a tribe go to tribal council over and over and over again, really whittle it down. It's so painful to watch it so fascinating like i think the last time we saw it was um edge of extinction when that manu when that lesu slash manu tribe like voted people out swapped to the same tribe and voted out rick devins immediately you're just like oh my gosh how painful um so it was definitely fascinating to watch um you know the post merge itself i mean it wasn't the most dynamic it was interesting uh, that it was a begonging, so that that, that was kind of weird. It, it was I'll, I'll, I'll say this much: I felt like I missed my ticket. I I was so so cutting to watch that alliance of Katie, Hannah, Justin, and Maria walk through the game to the final five and be like, "Oh my gosh." I could have been there. <laughs> I could have been in like in like the, like this train train to the to to, to the end game. If I well, that's something I thought is that you kept talking time. about you kept talking about how Katie seemed to be on the bottom by your perspective, and you and her could have basically be interchangeable. It must have been kind of painful to see oh. that how far in the game she made it. No, it wasn't. I mean, honestly, I'm rooting for her. There's nothing painful about it. I mean. I mean, I didn't care who went off the first Tatanka. I mean, honestly, I feel like we were just too paranoid, and that's what kind of came out with this, at least my perception that Katie was on the bottom. Um, honestly, it was props to her, but it was just so like, oh, wow, I could have been there. I could have been at the final five of this game had I not been stupid and gotten voted out. <laughs> Where I did, if, if like if somehow I had gone, so someone else from that alliance had gotten voted out before me, I could it could have been my ticket to the end like that. 
And I mean, everyone likes to see themselves as the hero of the story. And part, and part of me is like, well, you know, like if I had been there, like ju- maybe like ju- like it would have been better for Justin's game in the long run, which I don't know, probably wouldn't have. Uh, but it, it's it's definitely interesting when you look at that final five, and and you see it goes Justin out, then Hannah out, and then you get then you have a Katie, Maria, Courtney final three, and you have to wonder like. Like for and for Hannah and Justin's place, should they have kept bigger threats around? So should they have kept more like player better shields, or is the issue they didn't flip, like when they should have? When they should they have like tried to like play both sides, whittle down the numbers, even though that was gonna be dangerous for them? I, I, I don't know. It, and but we end up getting a very streamlined merge for better or worse. Uh, it was <laughs> probably my favorite moment though, since the final five. Everyone in the audience knows that Justin has an idol. We saw him get the idol. That was that was crazy to watch. And I don't. Um, we all know he has an idol, and we're all like, you know, rationally, like he should be getting voted out, right? Rationally, like everyone should be voting him because he's the biggest threat, right? And but rationally, he'll play the idol. And Austin uh, Jackson, uh, my friend, the guy who beat me the year before, who then played the following season, turned to me and a couple and like Greg and Jack when sitting next to me, he's like, yeah. He's not gonna play the idol. Watch him, and we're like, no, no, you're 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 wrong. There's no way he'd not play the idol. And he doesn't play the idol. He gets voted out with it. And we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so that, that was something. Um, it was. I was, you know, it come come the end game. I was really hoping Marie would pull it off. I mean, if I can't win, like I certainly wanted the person I tried to vote out to win. So it's definitely pulling for Maria to win. I, uh, you know, I I personally like. She she played a game that got her the final two, which is better than I did. I, I do feel like her's name getting sloughed out by um, other players to get to be voted out is like I wrote her name down. I think her name got written down once uh, once or twice. Other times in in the pre merge, I I think maybe would have behooved her game more to potentially flip the script on Justin um, for, for her earlier and they and they get that name on her resume. Oh gosh, resume. No, let's not talk about the word was made. I'd say it'd been much better for her story if she maybe had done something like that. But shoot, she got to the end. She played well, uh, and I'm, I'm jealous of her for that because I wish I had been there. My, I'd been at the end of that game. Yeah, we're not LinkedIn. We don't like to talk about resumes. So, I, re- I, I, you know, like to the extent like. I think resume is a terrible term. I think people should more focus on what is my coherent narrative I'm selling. What is my pitch? Like, how am I framing myself? How am I presenting myself? That should be the tactic people I think should be using. I think that's somewhat interesting. In fact, we've seen the whole resume thing shut down recently. Like, you look at Dean in the fi- in the final travel council for season thirty nine. He's like, well, look at all these things I did. I had this. I did that. I had this. But it wasn't like it didn't jive with the narrative. And also, I think Tommy's there was like, I stepped in. I played calm. I controlled the games and I controlled the dynamics and who was voted out when. I had people falling on their sword for me. Like it was like it was, it just wasn't as a strong a case or or persuasive a story. So I don't know my two cents. Yeah, I think um, a bucket list isn't enough. And when people build quote unquote resumes, all they're doing is completing a checklist of items yeah. and not drawing the lines between them and figuring out how that makes a good you know final travel council speech. You know. And I think Courtney definitely had for her is that she had such a more nothing against like I think Courtney's story from that um, insert green tribe name here two point tribe yeah that 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 Ago tribe I think was 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 pretty compelling and honestly like 
I feel like the jury, like if you're if you're if the jury starts at nine, hence there's so much gameplay that happened pre-jury. I feel like you're almost you're kind of almost obligated to take that into account. I wonder, and like I don't know how much it did, but I feel like as a jury member, that would have been weighing on my conscience. Like, look what she went through to get here, like through that through that the, the pre-merge. Not only did she survive, like that disaster of an Aga tribe who went to four tribal councils, right? Not only did she do that, she then also got in with the, with this with this total alliance and was able to be 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 it, be it Lux, Raj, whatever. She was able to make sure she was at least fifth in that tribe, and she was able to get through the second calling and get to this get to the end like that. Like that was impressive. And what's interesting is that if you're building a quote unquote resume, there's not a whole lot of boxes being checked right there as far as impressive things that you did or how you were controlling the game. Um, it's more about the fact, like you said, like it was a, it was a cool story to hear about how she managed to stick with it through all the things that she went through. Mm -hmm. And really it's not about going through that experience. It's about relaying that experience in a way that's good. Cause it's, it's all about whatever spin you put on it. You could say all that stuff where people could say those things about you in a negative context as well. You could say like, wow, you, you couldn't even like keep half your tribe. You know, you, that could be a negative thing if you spin it a different way, yeah. but she did a really good job of spinning it in the perfect way that seemed most impressive out of the game that she played, like giving a best case scenario, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, so uh, can I, can I roll on to like my retrospective about my game? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> um, I was, and probably to this day, I was disappointed with how I played. I, I felt like as I, I, nothing against the game. I think the game was the survival challenge and the game and the game itself is fantastic. But I was very let down by the whole thing for me personally. I felt like I was playing. I, I felt like I got voted out even before I started playing, and that that is a huge mistake on my part, to be honest. Like I should have played or or done so much more. Like again, I know in retrospect, like you know, if if I had won that one that last immunity challenge, I would have gone the swap and things would have been differently. Maybe then my game would change. I'd be playing harder because like I end up somehow, let's say, on Jacks Jacks Tatanka 3.0 in a minority, and I have to handle that. And then 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 it's pedal the metal, and I go out somehow when that tribe is windowed down. But I feel okay there. I don't know, uh, but I just felt like when I went out and how I played leading up to it, and especially because I felt like the day the first kind of day and a half leading up to that original swap you really couldn't play a lot because you got the sense that these aren't my final people this isn't the tribe i'm gonna be voting with I, I felt like i hadn't really played and i left cards on the table and i was upset and disappointed by my experience for that reason it it, it was it's it just i had such a dream for what this could be because this, this is the survival challenge this is it and i was just like oh I was at best a footnote of the season who made no waves or anything. And that was really upsetting. And like, even gosh, you're going to laugh at the reunion show. Everyone's getting a question. There's, there's something, something about the game. And I don't even get a question about how I played the game. My question is like, Hey, Steven, you played in this place a year before and you came in second. I was like, uh-huh. And that, that was it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even merit a comment about how I did this game. Like that was how little I ended up playing or making a difference in the long, in the grand scheme of things. And that was just, 
that was just kind of heart wrenching, and that's something. Yeah, it, it was. It, it's been. It's been. It was. It's been. It was. It's been frustrating. Frustrating for me to think that way about how I played or did. It's just like, wow, I, I, I just didn't make the most of it. Sorry, we probed at you. It wasn't intentional. No, no. I mean, did I, I ask the question? Who? <laughs> I forget who asked the I mean, question. To some extent, like, don't, don't, don't apologize. Some extent, it's like, is it? It's hard for me to say. Is it simply because I went out earlier? <laughs> is it because like I if if I'd been if I'd gone and vote if I was the first boot would I have felt the same way versus if I was the the twelfth boot? I mean I don't know how much your placement aligns with those feelings. I, I just felt personally like I was like oh I they of all the people in my demographic who applied I got selected and I felt that I let all of you down. Well, I think that I have like a few like rambly thoughts. I'll try not to ramble too much, but basically I think you put too much pressure on yourself because, you know, we've talked about a lot of retrospective stuff and how it compares to watching survivor. And like, it's easy from the outside looking in to be like, Oh, should have done this, should have done this. But just in the moment, it's so hard to realize things. And, like we kind of said in the beginning, though the weather on the first day really threw off a lot of people's games, and um, more so than just the Yellow Tribe. Um, and I think one of the the interesting things about season six versus season seven is that people like you and you're far from being the only person who fell for that trap of I shouldn't strategize yet because it's just going to get mixed up. Is probably one of the reasons why Vitea decided to go with no swaps for season seven because people were getting so accustomed to to having that leverage of oh we're not going to vote these people out anyway so what's the point you know um so i think that it's hard to say that you let people down when you really can't predict what's going to happen and you know just basing off your soul result people uh, this is something that we talk about is that we don't justify your performance based off of when you got voted out um, it's definitely not a ranking of best player to worst player I agree. Um, by like, any means. And like, if I had, like, again, like if I think of, if I had gone out on the 24th, I had thrown everything and done everything and I was in a possible situation, like maybe I'd be okay with that. And, you know, I've, I played four games now. I, my first game, I came in second. I got, I was in such a bad mental place after that game. It took me a month plus really the process coming out of the game. It was, it wasn't pleasant for me. Like I, I like that first game I played before the survival challenge. It was it was like both a survivor dream and a nightmare. And even and even like even this game going out, I felt so like I felt so fresh with myself. And it's really been a good learning experience for me, you know, to remember that I am not defined by this game or how I did. Just because I go out early or late doesn't change, like. I mean, granted, it has some sort of saying of "Are you a good survivor player?" but it doesn't define who I am as a person. You know, I I started my PhD program two years ago, and I'm sure you 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 both have heard of imposter syndrome. Uh, refresh me. I think I kind of get it, but I'd like to hear your take on it. So, so to my understanding, imposter syndrome is a questioning of do you belong where you're at because you feel like you're an imposter, and specifically with a PhD, I mean. Let's be honest. Everyone who's getting a PhD is an overachiever. <laughs> That's why else we're getting a PhD, and you're surrounded by all these incredibly smart other students 
uh, as others, especially students who are years ahead of you, with these faculty who are research active, who are also incredibly smart, and you just sit there and be like, oh my gosh, I don't belong here. What am I doing? Especially like, uh, so like accounting, right? You're a bachelor's or master's in accounting, and I don't even have one of those. I have a minor in accounting with a, with a bachelor's in English. It doesn't really prepare you for what a PhD program entails. A PhD program entails like hardcore econometrics. And I'm sitting there and like, I, I spent my first year really struggling with this idea of like, what am I doing? Do I even belong here? Can I even do well in this program? What is going on? And this just, it's just like crippling self-doubt you impose upon yourself and learning to really fight it off. And it's taken, you know, after a good year, I've kind of like, I've I've become I've kind of grown into like no no, I think I can do this. I think I am capable of doing this. I I can overcome these obstacles, and it's it's a real challenge. And you know, this year, um, I've watched one of the the first year student. I'm a second year now. The first year PhD student I share an office with, office with was really struggling with that himself. And I, I and it's been interesting trying to be there for him and say, look, you're not alone. We are with you. And I think to the extent that these games like kind of imposes upon ourselves where we start we question ourselves and are worthwhile a bit with how we do in a game it's 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 a challenge and it's hard and i it definitely like the way you, i'm sure like if you get to talk to maria i think it'll be interesting to kind of what it's like to lose at the very end i think is very hard i think it i think i think that's one of the hardest ways to possibly go home i like i'd rather like I, I don't know. I, I I would, yeah, I'd rather go out first than come in second again in a blowout vote like I have. Like that one, like it, it was just like, it, it was so hard for me, the process and handle and recover from. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the second thing is, I think my other biggest takeaway with the survival challenge is it's led me to play more aggressively. Uh, when I when I played the following summer in Surviving Real Foot, uh, their blood versus water game, I played more aggressively. I was like, you know, last time I was the easy person to cut. Let's, that is not happening anymore. I am not letting myself be maneuvered in a situation where I am seen as that person. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And uh, <laughs> poor Jake Sparks uh, was the, unfortunately received the downside of that where he tried to alley with me and I saw him as like, oh no, this guy's going to do to me what Justin did. He's going to stab me in the back. I need to get ahead of him and, and, and make sure I... I'm never in this in a situation where he can be where he, that can be happen where that can happen to me again. So I don't know. It's I, I think it's interesting how people react based how they play from previous times. And for me, I definitely learned to be more aggressive and to take those risks and to not leave anything behind like I like I had the previous time. So from that, I'm really grateful. I really love the. Uh the retrospect comments you're making. And especially it's interesting to see how this game impacted your future games. Um, to add on to this, I'm curious, how did coming in second impact your play style coming into this game? Um, yes, as well. You know, I, when the first time I played, I, <laughs> I was a starry eyed newbie who had no idea what was going on. Uh, I, I held my cards way too close to my chest and was unwilling to like give out any information. I was paranoid I'd come back and bite me and I'd get voted out for it. And, I, and so I, I, I definitely came out into this game like I need to be more open 
more trusting, more willing to take the risk to throw names out. But I definitely, I think part of the issue is I definitely came into this game still saying like, I need, I want to play quieter for the first half and explode come the merge. Unfortunately, it, I should have realized like this game is not going to afford me to the time, especially because my last game was a seven day long game. You have a lot of time, especially like you have like sometimes an hour to strategize and stuff like post um, po pre-tribal po post challenge. And I knew, I knew time is a commodity and it was scarce and you really need to make the most of it, but I really should not have, I really should like from, from ground, from ground zero, especially as soon as that Tocho merge happened and then saw that swap happen on the Tocho really should have like really not gone aggressive to the point where I scare people and say, oh yeah, Steven needs to go look at him scramble, but really been more direct, firm and, Maybe the answer is potentially like either like work to work be, be that person say hey all of us here are really attached to our pair if someone needs to let someone go first let it be Katie I'm willing to do that this is the sacrifice I'll make because I really want to work with you Justin slash Hannah like I honestly should have either sold that or gone pedal the metal and just like fought it out aligning myself with Adam and Leah and and like I don't know trying to swing Bradford somehow I don't know who knows I certainly well, don't. As someone that's been on production every season except for season two, I, I, I don't want you to get yourself down. I think you did really well, and um, I appreciate you know, wanting to be a part of this process, applying multiple times. Somebody, some people don't get it the first time and are like, yeah, whatever, the uh, perseverance, and shit, we should have given you better questions. The reunion show is a brand new thing. William did 98% of it, and I did the other 2% of it. we got to do this. So. Uh, did well, and we appreciate being part of the family. We hope he can come back and help us out for the next season, which won't be this one. But yeah, I, I just learned today. You know, I, <laughs> this is this is this is a two-hour podcast of me rambling. So I thank you for giving me a podium to just like shout into the shout into the void on. Um, we're Absolutely. coming for you, Louie. We're coming for you. We'll stay <laughs> on here for two and a half more hours. <laughs> well, we might just need to go to my whole life story and every other game I played. Um, honestly, the first time I played, I was so kind of frustrated and upset and a little traumatized. I, I didn't really do much with the other players post-game. I'd say like there's only like two of the players, the 24 cast, I really feel like I have a connection to post-game. Um, this game, I had a time of my life. <laughs> being voted out. I'll, I'll say that much. I really I hung out with Jack. I hung out with Greg. I wish I hung out with more and Evan because he he was the board came the board game czar. Oh my gosh, he had the best board games. Like I I came to this game thinking like oh, there's no way on earth I'll ever play with a survivor player. They are threats. They are meant to be taken down. But oh my gosh, like I would have fallen for Doctor Jill's siren song. I wish I played with her. Like I wish I was able. To, I wish I played Fortnite so I could play Fortnite with her. But Jack, it's like Doctor Jill is amazing, and I and like I regret to this day not giving her an advantage because I really enjoyed the time I spent with her out of the game. I mean, I had a blast post game. Uh, it, it like it was fun hanging out with everyone and talking. Honestly, like I've probably the most friend. Like I've 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 came out with so many more friends or like 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 Dion and especially Dion and Hannah it's and, and like I don't know it's like the fact that like we still have a, a, a like a group this day that that does silly survivor stuff like makes me happy make, makes me very happy and, and, and honestly like I went and I traveled to the middle of nowhere Illinois and I made friends and I had an adventure and it was awesome that's the stuff we love to watch see it's those things that you know we're going through the videos and like wow I you know we don't even have the super 
analytical skills you do as a PhD, whatever you're doing, I don't even know some of your <laughs> words you're saying, Help me. but like to see these random people from all over the country, different ages, different genders, different ethnic backgrounds, sexual identity, whatever, religion, and just a camaraderie and, you know, that mutual shared experience of your season going through the, the monsoon and then season seven going through the heat index fiasco and people are passing out and freaking out like, you guys are like soldiers in a foreign land, and I just love I love watching that. And as a producer, you you feel closely connected to it, but at times you feel like uh, I don't know cousin Oliver or something. You're just kind of around the experience you guys are generating, and to be a part of it, but not to the same level. But it's it's so magical to watch each season. I wish it had been 110 degrees, 100% humidity, more than the <laughs> miserable rain that we had. I'd, I'd take heat any day over the rain. Like, I, the, Careful the, what you wished for, man. Because, uh, <laughs> no, well, I'd been through the previous summer in the heat. I'd been through that. Like, the previous summer of the week, it rained briefly once. And other than that, it was hot and humid. And, I, and it's not fun, but I, I like it better. I, I, I didn't have much of an issue with it. I mean, granted, I know it, all of it's awful, but <laughs> I remember, like, I got yelled at by John John Batea. I can't pronounce his last name properly. It sucks. Uh, I got yelled at by John, like, on the reward challenge. I think it was, no, it was the immunity challenge day. He's like, Steven, you need to take your jacket off so we can see your shirt. And I'm just like, no, because sh- it's daylight, it's sunny, and I'm still shivering. I'm not taking off any of the layers of clothing I have because I'm so cold right now still. <laughs> it's like, you can't make me. He doesn't usually yell. That's what's especially well, weird about that. Well, you know what I mean, but just for him to get intense. Ignored him. Yeah, you should put it over your over your coat. That's what I would have been like. Here's what you can do, sir. Keep your coat on, but you're putting your damn shirt over it. Clearly, I wasn't thinking. Um, <laughs> I also should have brought. I also like. I had a really thin. It was. It was literally a like a waterproof poncho. I really should have had a, I should have just brought a really, I should have brought a ski jacket. That would have been much more ideal. <laughs> you could use it better. as a pillow. We need that's, you know, here you go, folks. Here's your, bring the yeah. thickest winter coat and it's oh. not your coat. It's a pillow. It's a blanket. It's whatever. Um, one more thing. One thing I did wish about the game was that when we were voted out, like I said, we can leave like a, basically it was a clue to, uh, I think an extra vote or a steal vote that was hidden at that first post swap challenge. Um, I, I to to my understanding, maybe you can correct me, Michael. If you had a clue willed to, for instance, um, Adam Kennedy willed a clue to Leah, but she was voted out. That clue was just, no one got it, right? I think it could magnify, but yeah, I don't think it, they didn't carry over. But yeah, you know, people could I, give I, out. You could get multiple to get like a better better knowledge, but I don't think I, it transferred. I think maybe like it would have been maybe interesting if like you you gave the players a list like. Lists, I don't know, at that point, seven players in a row from top to bottom of who you'd like to give it to. So if they're still in the game, the top choice gets it. If you want to ensure mm-hmm. something gets in the game, I don't know, that that, that could have been something that happened. Because it, was, it ended up being, I think Laura had three clues. I think Bryce, maybe Bryce? I think, I think there was like one other clue floating around, but if Laura didn't find it, <laughs> as Will, as you know, from that beautiful shot at the confessionals, like, is this this? I have no idea what's going on. Um, who knows? Man, I should have given it to Dr. Jill. <laughs> I will make a note of that, but I'm also making a note of the re- the losers of the reward day. It's always, well, you just don't get the reward. You don't get the second place. I will pitch the – we want people to have a good experience, but night tribal after your tribe comes in last <laughs> would be so horrible, but it would be great TV. So, yeah. I mean, some – 
<laughs> I'll just my worst LRG moment, or at least the most surprising, shocking is the game I did the previous summer. Uh, started twenty four players. We were down to like, I don't know, um, nineteen or like eighteen or seventeen. I don't know. We were we were down a fair amount, and we had an auction at the end of the day. And so we do a we we do a whole auction, and then the host's like, "Do you want more from an auction?" We're like, "What?" He's like, "A joint travel council. Top two names go home." We're like, "Oh my gosh, what?" And then after that, we did a swap, and that was a very traumatic two hours of my life. All great ideas. <laughs> Kurt loves that because that was Kurt's game. I I I thought it was in retrospect, it was cool, but in the moment, I was like, "What is going on right now?" I guess um, my last question is, what was it like? Because so many of you, we made the transition, it was hard for some of our, we had a lot of Northeastern people, so when we made the transition, it was hard for them to get out for the first new year, then the second year, you couldn't make it, but what was it like watching the season seven from afar? Were you having, you know, um, flashbacks to certain things, or? Yeah, you know, it's, I was rooting for Austin, because, and to a lesser extent, Lance, because those are the only people I think I knew. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think Donna, just because like you, you kind of want to root for the people who, and Jen. There we go. Those are the four people I was rooting for. Donna mainly because if someone get, go, like goes out early in a previous game, you're like, well, I hope they, I hope they can pull Katie. I hope they can go far this game. Um, you know, it, it was it was fun to watch. I think Hannah and I would comment back and forth about it. I think did we try to do a draft of it? I don't know. I, it, it was good. Kurt, and and Kurt and Kurt and Kurt does some good um, commentary, and he's fantastic on the feeds. So. No, it, it it was kind of sad. It was like it was like, oh, who who's watching? Who's watching remotely? And it was like, everyone was there but me and like two other people. It was like, oh, my life sucks because mainly because I was greedy and did two survivor games and therefore had no spare time to go out to any other games. <laughs> well, time. you're serving yourself, so I mean, that's not necessarily greedy. You're getting to try more live games and learn more about who you are. So, I think it was definitely greedy doing two games. Um, I, I. Again, like I'll just say, like I love the fact you guys try so much to vet and make sure here's a cast of people who don't really know each other or haven't played with each other, and ensure that true survivor feeling. And when I played uh, my the, the, my fourth game, the second game last summer, which was the Survivor of Vancouver, um, mm-hmm. the British Columbia game, um, it, it was it was my third time playing a game with Rachel. I finally got to be in a tribe with her, though. That was interesting. <laughs> but it was like it was like oh wow, people like like i am a known quantity now like people know what i'm capable of what i'm doing and how i play it was very weird i'm a fan all right well i just wanted to say Stephen. like um i know like you think you have doubts about how good your game was um but uh i definitely think that every player has a great story and that's why we do this podcast is to hear all those individual stories and to hear all the uh the stuff that you learn from it alone is really is really fascinating as well. And um, who knows, could really impact a player going forward. Um, what are, uh, I'm going to end the episode with you shouting out anything you want to and uh, just taking this off from there. Shout out to both of you for hosting and making this possible. Thank you for just letting me ramble and spill my thoughts on the, the life of a 17th placer. Um, a, sh- a shout out to Jaira, um, Sur- Survivor, um, British Columbia. They're airing their season five, Deus Ex Mahina, which I need to watch. That is one of my post uh, <laughs> um, big exam things I need to do now. Um, sh- let's see. Um, Surviving Real Foot, which I played last summer, which was, uh, unfortunately, I'll say a much more fulfilling experience for me, mainly because I did better. <laughs> uh, they just posted a really cryptic uh, basic message. So they sounds like they might be coming back after 
taking a actually very appropriate time you're off considering this crisis and then finally a shout out to kirk uh for his game adventure cocopelli uh i don't i I don't think it's happening this summer but whenever it does i think kirk is a fantastic genius when it comes to designing games i think everything he does is amazing